It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it is my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. And I'd love to know how the show helps you. Just let me know via social media with the hashtag ecommasterplan. In today's episode, we're getting deep into SEO with someone who spends all their time doing that for one of the UK's largest retailers. Before we go deep into SEO, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Don't think people are using cryptocurrencies? Guess again. Coin Payments has been around since 2013, processing over $6 billion in crypto payments to date, and the numbers keep growing. Stop leaving money on the table and start accepting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and other crypto payments for your business. Coin Payments makes it easy and affordable with just 0.5% processing fees and with its simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento, and other major e-commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to get in on the action. And now to introduce today's special guest. Kev Wiles is the Group SEO Manager at Halfords, a UK bricks and clicks retailer specialising in motoring and cycling. They were founded way back in 1892. And in the most recent year accounts, that's 2019, they had revenue over £1.1 billion with profits of nearly £60 million. Hello, Kev. Uh, how's it going? It's good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. Um Enjoying the lovely British weather as always. <laughs> well, reading out those numbers, I'm thinking how many of our listeners would be quite happy with turnover of 60 million, let alone the profit. So it must be nice, nice working for a um, for a solvent um, for a successful UK high street company at the moment. Yeah, definitely, and, and I think you know Halfords as a as a business have been on a massive digital transformation. Um, so it, it's been like not only from a financial point of view, but actually from a e-commerce growth, understanding tech and all those parts. It's been a really exciting journey um, with some of the changes and transformations we've been making. Very cool. Well, we'll get get into some of that later. But first of all, I would love to know how you yourself ended up in e-commerce. Like any SEO that you'll probably ask out there, I I genuinely fell into SEO. Um, I was a bit of a nerd, left school um, and kind of just started surfing the internet being like, cool, what do I want to do? Um, You know, worked agency aside and then and working agency side, you get a kind of good grasp on lead gen, um, finance, kind of all the different industries and, and kind of sites that exist. Um, e-commerce to me just stuck. There's so much you can do to to grow that website, to increase conversions, drive traffic and stuff that um, I came back from New Zealand after spending a year out there traveling and realized that e-commerce was where I wanted to go. Um, Halford is quite local to where I live and it kind of just fell into place. Um, and I've been there now pretty much two years. Um, yeah. 
I often find if you're if you're an e-commerce person, the moment you kind of touch e-commerce and that that everything being tracked through to money, um, you know, to actual orders, you know, it's it's a very definite. The consumer wants this. It's not a click or a like or a comment. It's a they they you know they gave us their money in return for something. That that becomes addictive, and once you've had a taste, it's very hard to leave. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like, you know, just from an SEO point of view, it it, it genuinely touches across every touch point in the business. And you can like squeeze every inch and every final penny out of every part that you touch, you know, from maximizing internal search and making sure the user's going to the right page or using that data to grow the kind of um, footprint, foot, footprint in, in Google right down to, you know, how can we reduce customer service calls? that have a huge cost of the business that then in turn means we make more revenue because we're not having to hire more customer service advisors or answer more calls. And I think that for me is exciting, right? Like no two days are the same because there is so much you can go after. Yeah, it's like SEO should almost be considered in every single business decision Yeah, because it, it can have such an impact in so many areas. Yeah, and I, I, I try and like, there's loads of ways that you, you, know, you can analyze how SEO should be framed, but I want to talk to people about it it's kind of like hey think of a tree and seo is essentially the roots of that tree that you know if you don't set the foundations of the site right at the beginning you're kind of probably going to struggle long term right down to if we've got a business problem because you know customer service contacts are extraordinarily high you know from an seo point of view i can go away and scrape things like google people per ask features to say these are the questions being asked we should therefore answer those with content and you know mark them up with schema and thus probably driving a contact reduction. Um, it is very much like, yeah, we can touch every part of the site, you know, online and offline and have a direct impact. We will get into more of that shortly, but I know <laughs> a lot of our listeners um, are not in the UK and have probably never heard of Halfords, which is bizarre if you're someone in the UK. Um, so let's just give them a little bit of detail on um, on what Halfords is. So where in the world is Halfords and where are you selling to? Uh, so we're based um, in a place called Redditch in the UK, um, and we sell across the whole of UK online um, and have about 450 physical retail stores um, and then have a kind of garage part of the business. Um, that I think the last count was between 350 and 400 garages where you can obviously get your car serviced. Um, and we have a handful of locations in Scotland and a handful of locations in Ireland, um, which are the retail stores. And how would you describe the product range? Um, vast. Um, I, I think we, you know, we have a huge, huge catalog in this, the cycling discipline, and then a, again, a huge product offering within motoring. So anything from car bulbs and wiper blades, um, right down to cycling nutrition and kind of water bottles. Um, and the garage arm is, is 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 pretty much anything and everything you need to keep your car running on a day to day basis. So. Anything to do with bikes, including bikes, and anything to do with cars, but excluding cars. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a few products in the mix there then. Um, and what, what platform does Halford sell on? Uh, so we recently migrated to Salesforce Cloud Commerce, um, which stemmed from essentially we used to be on IBM. Um, that was our old legacy platform. And we, we basically identified a need that, you know, the world is changing consumer behavior is changing and therefore Salesforce was the best platform that allowed us to do that and at scale um, and meet all the kind of quirkiness um, that Halfords has in the back end. I'm guessing with all that store um, footprint and the garages as well, there's quite a lot of legacy systems to take into account. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, from old booking systems to um, internal search to, you know, write down if, if you go into a store today, um, you can put your registration number in and we'll tell you the exact products that fit your car. Um, those things have to be obviously reintegrated into a new platform online, um, which essentially means that we can give you the exact product that will fit your car to kind of take away from that. I'm not sure what I need product kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. And the team, let's think just the head office team, I think. How many How many are there roughly in the in the Halfords head office? Oh, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, in the teams I directly work in, I think there's a few hundred. Um, but the office is huge from distribution, you know, packing a warehouse. It all sits in the same office in Redditch. Um, so I'd say the, the main head office is probably a few thousand people um, strong. Just a, just a few people there then. So, <laughs> yeah. so what I want to do kind of for the rest of our, our chat is to zone in on SEO because that's the area where you are you are making, you know, that's that's what you're doing day to day there. So it would kind of be crazy to talk about email, wouldn't it? Um so in the in the SEO part, how many of you are there working on on SEO as a primary part of your job? Um so we've actually got a really lean team. So um at current there's there's two of us. Um and then we have a range of kind of support agencies that pull in um across different parts. But you know, I would say that anyone that works in digital across the Halfords platform uh, uh, in some way, shape, or form is is part of our SEO uh, SEO team. Um you know, that's from the merchandise team that sit and create those products on a day-to-day basis, you know, they are pivotal to driving traffic, right? And our role is to support them to say, hey, when you're creating those products, these are considerations from an SGO point of view, right down to when you're taking those products off, here are the considerations to not impact the performance in terms of, you know, if the product doesn't exist, what's the next best product we can um, advertise to that customer? Um, so I, I like to say, you know, there's two people in the team, our role is specifically SEO, um, but everyone that sits in e-commerce and marketing at heart is part of that team. Yeah, so you kind of you spend your days working with a lot of other people in the business then yeah yeah my you know from we're doing a dev sprint what's that look like what are the considerations from an SEO point of view to we're doing this TV campaign what are the considerations for SEO that we need to be aware of or um, the content we should create that will support that campaign okay keeps you busy then very busy yeah very very busy <laughs> so um let's let's kind of dive into this SEO world you're inhabiting we've mentioned the fact that that Halfords have quite a diverse product range, which means you've got customers coming in with some very different needs. How do you go about, sorry, by which I mean, you've got like the cycling obsessive, the person whose headlights broken on the car, and you've got someone who's trying to buy their kid's first bike. How, from an SEO standpoint, do you create the, decide how to create the content to satisfy all those diverse needs? Yeah, I guess a little bit, you know, seasonality plays a huge part in where we focus our efforts. So, you know, typically we will know that cycling peaks in the, in the kind of warmer months and we will know that the motoring categories like three Bs, which is bulbs, blades and batteries, will typically kind of peak towards winter. And that's usually because it's the stress purchase, right? It's dark at night. People need new wife blades because it's raining. Um, and we kind of then start to work back into a kind of much bigger yearly plan that says, um, you know, what are the things that customers want in, in cycling this year? Um whether that's you know the massive trend that you know the whole UK is seeing around um, electrification, right down to um, in motoring, is it that actually people aren't you know in, in 2020 you know people haven't really driven, so how does that impact their purchasing with um, batteries, for example? That you know you've been your car's been sat on the drive for a couple of months, you've not driven it because you've not really gone out, and therefore it's probably flat. The 
understanding those mindsets of those customers allowed us allows us to like work backwards and say, right, if your battery is flat, are you going to want it to buy a battery straight away? Or are you going to want to know how to jumpstart it? And if it's the latter, it's here's some content and a video that then ties in with the intent Google believes for that search term. Um, that is obviously a Halford's branded video and pushes you then to buy a accessory, whether that's jump, lead, jump leads, or if it's a new battery, obviously come into Halford's with a warranty for that battery. Um, but it, yeah, it takes a lot of planning to understand, you know, using Google Trends and other insights to pull that back in a, when, at what point in the year do we need to focus on? Um, and, and what things, you know, at Christmas time, understanding what categories are, are parents shopping in for their kids in terms of gifts um, means we have to, you know, push some of those cycling categories because they make good gifts as well. And you mentioned video in there. Is video a key a key thing we should be thinking about in SEO at the moment? Yeah, I would say, you know, depending which, um, you know, what industry you're operating in, I, I would be saying video is, you know, growing and growing at a rate that people probably can't keep up with it. Um, you know, gone are the days that Google has 10 blue links and a couple of paid search ads. You know, they're, they're moving so fast to, to changing things that if I search today um, how to teach a kid how to ride a bike, um, that is likely going to be a video. And that's because Google is becoming way smarter and saying, hey, it sounds like you're probably in the garden or on your drive trying to teach your um, child how to, to ride that bike. You therefore don't want to read a blog post that's 500 words long as you're trying to hold a bike and push the kid along without <laughs> stabilizers. And and you know Google is smart enough to say, right, I think you need a video, just like how to jumpstart a car. It knows you're probably out trying to, you know, and you're distressed. You're trying to fix your car so you can go on your next journey. So here's a video that you can watch in simple steps or bullet points that they pull through um, that, that say, hey, step one, do this. Step two, do this. So I think video is becoming a huge part. Um, you know, I think there's there's lots of stats flowing around, but I think you know today YouTube is still the second biggest search engine. Um, we just don't classify it that way. So we should be doing some level of content diversity based on or driven by the user's experience when they're trying to solve that problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, gone are the days, and the, there is so much research behind this. But gone are the days where you do standard keyword research and you say, "Cool, so like uh, bikes, I need a category page, and um, for this, like the best bikes for Christmas, I need a nice blog post." It's now more around like understanding the, the intent behind that keyword, and then working out, okay, so if it's a how-to guide, the likelihood is you're going to need a video or some type of media that you know, Google can take that and place it in its kind of first page listings. Um, right down to, um, you know, finding the right size kid's bike. If, if you just look at that in Google today, it, it's flooded with images, you know, that's images of here's the different height sizes and stuff. And that's because Google's saying, like, it's useful. You can click an image and you can measure a kid with a tape measure or a, a ruler and say, cool, it's, there are 164 centimeters and therefore they probably needed a 16 inch bike. Um, in two seconds, I've got the answer to my question. I've sold my customer need without having to go and read a thousand word piece of content that says, step one, take a ruler out. Step two, pull that ruler. <laughs> like, um, and I think Google's getting smart at that, at that stuff, right? We, we see, you know, the advancements that they're making with voice and visual home hubs and Google Echo and stuff, or Amazon Echo, I should say. All of those things are search engines and you have to understand and create a plan that says, how do we optimize for these? So it's not enough just to go, oh, here's a keyword with a load of traffic. It's here's a keyword with a load of traffic. The people who are searching that, can we solve the problem they're searching for? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the amount of tools out there today are super helpful, but I still think 
the best insight you can ever take to understand what that content or media or page you should create is by visiting Google today and saying, right, um, for kids' bikes, we know it's literally the old classic category pages, but for more research-based stuff, it might be video. And then building that backwards, like it's, I think it's just the way search is going. So when you say go to Google, are you literally meaning go to Google and type in, how do I teach my kid to ride a bike, see what everyone else is doing and go, oh, look, Google's prioritizing video. We really ought to have a video. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there will be videos that are not great. There'll be images that are not great. So as a marketeer, my job is to basically say, like, to do this, we need to create a video to own that search. You know, from a um, commercial point of view, it's then saying, well, what's the cost to create that video in the studio? And will we see kind of an ROI based on that? Um, some of it is just down to brand. We have to own those terms because we're super specialists in cycling and motoring. So if we don't own those terms, are we really a super specialist? Um, but yeah, it's definitely just, you know, take the insights from Google. <laughs> like you can understand so much of where they want to go. Um, and obviously tools help, right? There's, some of the tech out there is insane, but um, I do think it's about understanding where Google is going and how to capitalize on that. It's such an underused resource, I think, in the world of SEO, literally going and searching your keyword on Google yeah. to see what's coming up. <laughs> it amazes me more people don't talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, right down to things like, hey, if you're in a distress and you need um, an MOT, for example, that says like a, a yearly thing um, cars need, the, you know, you will get different results to, to where I am because you're like not based in the same location. So Google will say, here's the top garages in your area for that MOT. Well, you know, my role is then to say, I don't just need to target MOT as in the, the granular search term. I need to make those single garages pages rank for MOT in those locations so that, you know, in Google's map pack and traditional listings, we've got the right page being served to the right user um, based on their location. And that, you know, that in itself is like incredibly hard to say, right, each garage page needs to be fully optimized, needs to be, uh, have great reviews, you know, have the right consistency with the address and have unique content and stuff. But, you know, that is essentially where Google is going. It's saying, we want to give the customer the very best experience and therefore your website needs to do it. And the, the typical way I, I talk to people about it is imagine going into the best store and, and um, they have the best customer service ever. And you need, uh, I don't know, I need a new set of trainers and I'm not sure what trainers I need, what size I need, if I need um, thin or wide foot, whatever it might be. And that customer assistant in that store is kind of my best friend for that period I'm in the store, right? They're giving me all the information. They're trying on different shoes. They're like saying, hey, try this insole, try these socks, et cetera. For me, it feels like Google's trying to replicate that online, um, which you have to just adapt to, right? You have to answer those queries, get good customer service reviews. And where you're not getting good customer reviews, that impacts SEO. So map that back and say, why is that garage or store getting bad reviews? And how do we rectify that so that you know we can respond to those reviews to try and get the customer to come back to us? Or if it's a the managers that just managers just don't want to work in that store, they're just not very good managers, how do you take them out of the equation to keep the store moving forward. It really does impact on so many areas of the business, both as an advisory service and a, how do we solve this problem um, as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. It's, 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 it's literally like every day you wake up and Google announces something new, right? And it, your job is to understand, one, how much will that impact a retailer like Halfords? And, and two, if we think it's going to impact it, what tools or resources or plans do we need in place to ensure that when that does happen, we're adhering to you know 
whether that's the guidelines from Google or where we think tech's going. Um, and some of it is um, with the best will in the world, it's, you know, Google gives you guidelines. It doesn't say if you do this one thing, it will have a 10% uplift or you do this, it will have 20%. It's, we have lots of factors. We're not going to tell you how much those factors impact everything. Um, you obviously can do testing to understand those bits, but um, it's essentially like build a good website, build a great website with a good product, with great customer service that answers the customer need. And you probably can't go too far wrong. Obviously, appreciate there's lots of other stuff that, that happens in the <laughs> background, but uh, broad sense, you know, that's where um, I try and look at websites and say, does this page add value to the customer experience and the, and the journey? If not, how do we get rid of it, but still answer that question? Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I can <laughs> yeah. see I see that that causing a lot of debate internally, but but I wanted to to I wanted to ask you a couple of couple of questions before we before we move on to the top tips round. So the first one of them is you've mentioned that intent is quite important or very important in getting our SEO. So what's the intent of the person doing that search? What sort of content are they hoping to find? Most of our listeners um, have businesses that are smaller than Halfords. So for those businesses that are a bit smaller, is that that the the core piece that they should be trying to get to grips with their SEO at the moment is matching the type of content to those high volume keywords rather than going or just keyword stuff a blog? Yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of both, you know. I think um smaller brands inherently can scale quicker than bigger brands to a degree that there's um less processes they're more focused on like driving traffic or revenue because they they need that into the business to keep going um and i think you know those smaller businesses can probably go out and create a video or optimize their product pages quicker than a standard like bricks and more business like halfords so i think understanding the intent of, of search terms and getting the right content there is, is probably a key thing for smaller businesses right um they don't have big budgets but there's lots of ways today that you can create videos fairly like cheaply with your own software and stuff. Um, right down to, you know, m m the easiest thing, or I say easiest, the, the best approach for smaller businesses that are trying to compete with um, bigger brands is to go after the keywords that have a more converting based intent. So what I mean by that is if you sell a uh, red kids bike, for example, and you know the size, you know the brand, you know it, it can be referred to as a fire engine um, bike, those might have really low searches a month. And in reality, you know, a bigger business, you probably rank for those quite well anyway. But for smaller businesses, if they rank for those keywords that have, say, 10, 20, 50 searches a month, of those searches, probably half are going to convert, which means directly you're making more revenue. Sure, you know, it's lovely to go after a massive keyword like um, car parts, for example. But that's so, so broad. How do you know? How does How does Google know what I actually want in, in that realm of car parts. And I think starting to go for the smaller keywords and understand the intent of those is is a easy win for the smaller brands. I like that because it's that constant balancing act, isn't it, between volume in likelihood of purchase and how much budget we can actually expend on this. Yeah. And yeah. it's far more important to spend to to do things which will get to onto you onto page one within a couple of months than to do something which it might take you three years because you're just not going to see the return that quickly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, particularly from uh, an e-commerce point of view, the you usually find that with product pages. You know, there are some awesome brands out there doing incredible things with their product pages. You know, Amazon does quite a good job. Um, and that is probably why 
half of their successes, you know, apart from them being an absolute monster of a business, um, half of their success on some product pages, when you actually start reviewing them, super useful. They have videos on how to set that product up. They have videos on how to use that product. They have really good spec tables. They have a nice description that's unique to them. And, and Google's going, cool, like all these boxes that we would like a customer, uh, a brand to tick, they're meeting them. And I think, you know, if you're an independent business, whether that's selling third-party products or your own range, it's step back and say, oh, like, what would be useful for the customer on this? So um, if it's you sell ties, for example, like what video could you put on that product page that makes it rank for different search queries, whether that's like um, how to tie a corporate tie if it's a corporate-based tie. And, and all understanding all these different like uniqueness between those search terms, map those together and say, right, the people want to know the width of the tie, they want to know the color, they want to know the fabric, they want to know how to wash it. Like answer that on your product page and you'll start to get more traffic. And that traffic's probably going to convert into a sale. And if it doesn't, when they are in the mindset to convert, you'll be in their mind because you helped them out that journey. Yeah, it's it's there's, even branding comes into it, doesn't it? But look, there's one question here I have to ask you before we, we move into the top tips round, which is how much do you care about rankings and position or is there something else you're focusing on? Oh, um, you know, I'm always going to have those. We need to be number one for that keyword. That That's part and part of an SEO's job. I think for me, particularly at Halfords, I like to look at market share uh, and take a, a group of keywords and say, how much of that market share are we taking? Um, I just think Google's landscape and front page of Google is so different per each keyword, going back to what we spoke to previously, that being number one necessarily might not mean you get traffic. You know, There might be map packs, there might be page search and then product listing ads and information and news results. And pay, position one might actually be the bottom of page one. And therefore, kind of who cares um there's that famous saying that like the best place to bury a body is on page two of google so um i think it, yeah it's taking a group of keywords and saying what's our market share um and also to a degree like revenue is king right so it is being number one for bikes bringing me revenue or is it just actually saturating my budget because i'm having to focus so much time on it and if it's the it's saturating the budget where else can i focus my attention that will actually put cash into the business that will help us grow further e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Don't know where to start when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Don't worry, CoinPayments is here to make your transition into crypto as smooth as possible so you can enjoy lower fees, more security and access to new shoppers eager to spend crypto. Get crypto payment options on your online store within 24 hours with our simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento and other major e-commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to learn how you can start accepting crypto payments today. It's time. It's time. 
for the top tips round. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Kev, are you ready for these top tips? I'm ready. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? There's a, a really good book. It's a few years old now, but it's a really good book by um, a guy called Troyan, and it's called E-commerce SEO. Um, and I'll share a link that you can put out to people, but it's essentially a really good guide on like essentially how to optimize everything SEO related for e-commerce sites. Um, it's from an American author. So um, for the audience in America, it should be pretty good. Um, I'm going to plug it just because it might make it easier. But um, yeah, the, the website is ecommercemarketingbooks.com. Um, that's the book that, you know, wasn't super helpful from a technical point of view, but just stepping back and saying like, what does a user want? Um, and lots of the concepts in that book still exist today. Nice. I like it. Okay. Then the traffic top tip, tip even, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I, don't, I, I actually, I'm not saying this just because I work in SEO, but I, I generally don't think SEO gets enough praise or exposure in any business I've worked in. Um, and that's probably because it's a much longer burner. So, you know, if you want traffic tomorrow, go and do paid social or PPC. Um, and I think SEO obviously affects every channel that it doesn't really get the exposure it does. So I think that's that's a key one. I think the other the other one that is up and coming is paid social, right? It, it, people are on social all the time. Um, so I think that's the one that should get praised that maybe in some businesses doesn't right now. I like it. Yeah, it, it often surprises me when I look at a business, how little they're investing in one of those two. Those are the ones I'm most surprised by these days is, wow, you're not doing any SEO or why have you never done a Facebook ad? It's, yeah. it's, it's both, one of them just, you know, the SEO just seems to have been forgotten about. And then, but the Facebook ads, it, it surprises me how many larger retailers just especially haven't, just haven't got around to it yet. It's mind boggling. Yeah. And I think as well, like, you know, um, COVID as a like global pandemic, you know, although there are lots of redundancies and that's tough for everyone around, there are lots of big brands now hiring for lots of SEO positions where they've gone, all our stores were shut and we made exponential more revenue online and we discovered this thing called SEO. Um, you know, and, and that I think is a, um, a benefit to the SEO industry to get like more exposure. Um, but I think there's a long way to go. And, and half of that is SEO isn't really an industry that is, um, not regulated, but doesn't have exams, doesn't have coursework like traditional marketing things do. Um, you know, even on paid social, we have the Facebook blueprint course and training that you can do. SEO doesn't have those things. They're independent courses that you can take. Um, so yeah, I think COVID potentially has helped that process for SEO a little bit where business is like, we need to invest in this. We don't have massive amounts to keep doing paid stuff. What's this SEO stuff and, and who do I need? And, and a good SEO consultant should be able to make quite a lot of changes fairly easily within a business just by changing processes that exist today. Interesting extra insight there. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I would say, um, I'm going to plug two here. Um, one for more enterprise stuff, which is Pi Data Metrics. It's, it, it's awesome at giving a high level market share insight and being able to collaboratively work with third parties to say, these are the things we need to change. And then for anyone that runs any sort of website, um, for me, it is Ahrefs. Um, it's essentially an all-in-one SEO suite that can give you 
uh, keyword research, competitor insights, you know, insights into some of the technical areas wrong with your site. You can track keywords. Um, it, it can tell you, you know, what features are coming back for that keyword. So back to that intent piece, it can tell you if there's a special feature in Google for that keyword. Um, that would be my like go-to. Um, and also you need some experience to use those tools, but they have a, an amazing library of like get started guides. Excellent. That was Ahrefs, everybody. And was it pie as in eating a pie data metrics? Yeah, pie data metrics with um, pie is without the E at the end. So PI data metrics. Yep. Yep. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, I knew I knew there were people screaming at their um, pod player going, <laughs> how are you spelling this? I don't know. Um, okay, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders to month, per month, even to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Double down on your product pages. Um, understand everything that that product solves in a day-to-day life of your customer and create good content for it. Research that content until you're blue in the face and create something unique. Don't copy content from elsewhere um, and create a good structure, link category pages to products and, and vice versa. Um, and you'll see returns and those returns will be revenue, not traffic based or a bit, bit both, I suppose. Awesome. I like that. Consolidates a lot of what we've been talking about today. So Kev, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So uh, you can find Halfords on www.halfords.com. Um, I'm available on Twitter at just uh, at Kev Wiles. Uh, and Wiles is spelled W-I-L-E-S. Um, and my personal website address is just kevinwiles.co.uk. And you do uh, you do a bit of consulting for people too, don't you, I think, via kevinwiles.co.uk? Yep. Um, and all the info on there is, um, yeah, is open. And, it, uh, you know, of course, if there's any questions you um, have from this podcast or anything like that, just reach out to me on Twitter um, and I'll always happily answer those questions. Awesome. Thank you, Kev. Thanks so much for giving us such an interesting insight to how, um, you know, a retailer who's really investing in their SEO space is going about doing it. And um, I suspect we're now all off to go and uh, try and work out the intent, what the intent is on our top search terms. So, um, so thank you, Kev. It's been a pleasure. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me. Well, everyone, an insight there on SEO from one of the UK's largest retailers. And I think for me, the really important takeaways was we need to diversify our content types. So it might be an image, it might be a video, it might be a gosh, any kind of form of text you can imagine. But also that we really need to get clear on what the intent is of the person who is doing that search, the type of content you're going to create for how do I teach my child to ride a bike is completely different to the type of content you would create for that fire engine bike he was talking about. And of course, one of the easiest ways to understand that is just to go onto Google and search that term and see what's coming up and what everyone else is doing and what Google is choosing to put at the top, even more importantly. So if you want to get the hand on the notes from today's show, including all those different links and resources we mentioned, the top tips and everything else, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you like this episode and you want to know more about SEO, then do have a listen to 
the Keep Optimizing podcast, our sister podcast, where we had in uh, last year, just a few months ago, we did an entire month focused on SEO tactics and SEO processes. Um, so if you're working on your SEO this year, you definitely need to go and listen to those episodes. So that's the Keep Optimizing podcast. And thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. As you know, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.